not gonna lie, Rachel got me a coffee bean grinder for Christmas, and I've been making just so many pots of coffee, and I am so amped up right now. Like, let's do this. This is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 19, the first one of 2014. Yay! Yay! Happy New Year! Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Happy New Year with all three of us. And... (laughs) All of, all of your favorite enemy slime members. Yes, like like jolly old Jason. That's me. And then we've got jovial Jared. There we go. Ooh, that sounded good. And we've got Lucio the Luchador. <laughs> no, um, um, livid Lucio. No, not livid. Uh, lovable. Uh, actually, I, I get pretty livid. Lovable that's, Lucio. That's, that's also fair. <laughs> Ladies love Lucio. There we, we go. We need to send our our best wishes to uh to Jay. He's he's been in a um I don't want to say abusive relationship, but it it really is. He's uh been with the wrong person for for too long and uh and this this holiday season earned him a a trip to the doctor and so he was not able to join us today. Yeah. It's a damn shame. He tumbled down a flight of stairs and that's how he got that black eye and uh <laughs> that's, how got, else. that's how he got that robotic arm. That's how we got that cyber arm, and then uh, and then, dear Michael, uh, dear dear sweet Michael, his New Year's resolution was to uh, to um, get a real job. I think I think is how it was phrased, and to never do the podcast again. And so naturally, he gets the <laughs> one job that won't allow him to be here on on podcast day. And you're if you are guessing at home what job that is, you're absolutely right. It's zookeeper. Yeah, he's. Um, Caring for the animals, the polar bears, and the, um, what else, uh, the giraffes. He uh, makes gruel for the gorillas. Hopefully on his first day, he doesn't create a commotion where he accidentally lets all the animals into the same cage. We're, we're pulling for you, buddy. Yeah. So basically, here's what the podcast is going to look like this year, as far as we can tell. It's going to be a shaky three people. I mean, let's face it, Lucio has a life. So he could potentially not be here someday. And then it's just going to be, be me and Jared. And that's who wants to listen to that shit. I'll, t- I'll tell you, before I before I sit alone with you on a call, I will go out and make some new friends or, or <laughs> we'll do that. just use your wife or something. There use we go. Something we'll import Only people on the street. We'll, we'll import someone. I'll, I'll go get like Hobo Joe down the street and. Give give him a grilled cheese sandwich to <laughs> sit in on the podcast. You can both be on either side of the microphone, like you know, you're singing a duet or something. Hey, <laughs> hey, Hobo Joe, what do you think of Ray, man? I I think he's gonna like it. <laughs> hey, Hobo Joe, what do you think about exploding deer? I've actually considered this uh, before for um, like multiplayer partners when I can't find someone to play a game with. Just you know, hire. Hire a, a guy in front of Home Depot and bring him back and be like, "All right, get good at this because we're going to play it." <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea, actually. Now you got to learn all Pikachu's moves right like now. I, I need I need to unlock the four player things in a uh, little Big Planet. I mean, it, it's going to be like my only option for Towerfall. I'm just when that comes out, I'm going to go to Home Depot and and pick the first five guys I see, load them all up in my truck, and uh, take them on back and put them to some grueling labor. Give them all an ooyah. <laughs> Give them all, the- <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll on, play man. Towerfall there, with you. There, there's no need to be cruel. That's actually. <laughs> hey, you're down on your luck. Here's an ouya. <laughs> <laughs> if you water it every day, it'll grow up into a real console. <laughs> Do not water it. 
Well, I mean, do, because then you don't have to have a new yeah. That's a good point. Sorry, yeah. I think they follow us on Twitter, <laughs> which which almost certainly means they're listeners. Right. And, and they, would have to be. they should know that we're joking. I mean, they've right, had to lo- endure so many jokes anyways that they should know when a joke is happening. Yeah, we, we love the Ooyah. We, uh, we really like... Um, it's like a phone with a controller. Yeah, and and uh, uh, what's that game that's not Towerfall? There's a lot of games that aren't Towerfall. There's a lot of games on the Ooyah. The marketplace is, is chock full of them. Um, there's just a, a lot of them I don't really want to play. Yeah, I don't think there's a, necessarily a it's bar. Hard, it's hard times on the Ooyah? Um, <laughs> you keep talking about that. What What is it? I'm not so, even... So, so oh, let me tell you a story about hard times. So... When my wife was in the hospital after having her last latest child, I was bored because the nurses didn't let me sleep. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the night, I started trolling the marketplace for Android games. And I got pretty pretty um, deep down on the free free games list. Uh-huh. And I found one that's called Hard Times. And it was a, it built itself as a prison simulator. The first thing that came to my mind is like, this is a clone of Prison Architect. Awesome. So I downloaded this game. And what it is is... Somebody got a, a wrestling game engine and decided to make a prison game out of it. You're breaking chairs so, over people's backs and shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not only that, but all the inmates are wrestlers and for some reason Bane from Batman. What? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, are they? Fa- is it like Hulk Hogan or is it just like this Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker? Oh, uh, so it's it's legitimate. Like, they're probably going to get sued if someone finds out that this game. Exactly. Like, like Rowdy Roddy Piper's going to be coming in and being like, hey. And there's also guards, right? And the guards, for some reason, are all super powerful and can destroy you. And the way that the game works is you have to survive 60 days. And for some reason, everybody hates you. So you go around, you beat people up, the guards arrest you, they take you to the judge, the judge gives you more time. The jail is chock full of wrestling props. So it's like, you know, the tables and the chairs and the ladders. There's like Triple H's sledgehammer so you can hit people with. Mm-hmm. But it also has one more mechanic that's um, very unique, and that's you have a bar to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> okay, like The Sims, like a, a bladder meter. Sure, like all good wrestling exactly. games. Except that um, yeah. when it's full, you shed yourself oh. and you lose respect. Now, <laughs> if it can it fill up and then you can use it on your enemy? No, it's it's bad. Like if There's you get, no... get somebody down to the ground, can you pee on them? Nope. <laughs> huh. So, but like, it's kind of random and it only appears when it's almost full. Mm-hmm. So you will be like, you know, power bombing some guy that wants to kill you. And then suddenly your character stops and just like projectile poops all over the place. <laughs> well, I don't know if that would make me lose respect for him. It seems like seems pretty impressive. <laughs> seems, that's a bold move in prison. <laughs> Spraying feces all over the walls. They have projectile shit everywhere. Look out for yeah, that guy. I- he can spray at any moment. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna watch out for him. <laughs> so for anyway, sure. I, I discovered a way to escape the prison eventually, and that was just climbing the fence because the fence worked <laughs> oh. like the uh, apparently like they just got like the cage matches yeah, yeah. cage, so you can just climb on it and then like have the power bomb out. <laughs> I mean that's that's how you that's how you do it at any prison. I I don't I don't know if you guys have ever seen online. There's there's a video where there's like ants walking around on a window, and this guy takes like a dry erase marker and just draws a box around them, and then the ants don't leave the box. 
because uh, they because they think it's real. And prisons a lot. I don't know if you know this, but there's a scientific fact. Criminals have that same thing with just regular fences. Yeah, they just won't they won't cross them. They you, won't go. You basically just draw a picture of a fence around the perimeter, and they're <laughs> horrified. Yeah, I have just, to I have to wonder. In or, do all the cops like not have guns, and the only defense they have against you climbing the fence is to shake it? That's actually that's probably a good game. Yeah. That'd be a good they game. do have guns, but they don't use them. They just beat you with stuff. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, they're just rubber props, basically. There's no sport in shooting a man. True. There's some pretty serious sport in, you know, knocking him out with a chair. There's apparently some kind of role that happens in the background when you're in front of the judge. Because at one point, I stabbed Bane to death, and they actually said I killed him. Oh. And it took me in front of the judge, and, and he... My guy, you know, he just goes like, oh, well, you killed the inmate. I'm going to give you more time. And my guy goes like, no, I mean, he just fell on the knife. And the, guy, and the judge goes like, that is a good point. Dismissed. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, he didn't. Or no, no, I, I didn't kill him. It was the one-armed yeah, man. he just fell on the knife. Oh, that's a good point. If only it worked that easily in Phoenix Wright. <laughs> Say, well, just, I saw him do it. It is just a strange game. I mean... I've been trying to get Jay to play it for the longest time. I just See, was. and so why would you do that to your friend, to your own friend? Yeah, we do that a lot to each other. I'm not sure why. I think it's because the pain is so great that I can't bear it alone. <laughs> You're the I'm reason sure. he's in the hospital. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, you know, that old saying that misery loves company. Uh, exactly. It certainly seems true in this particular situation. Although, uh, to be honest, listening to you talk about it, you don't sound that miserable. It actually sounds like, it sounds like there's some hidden you know, passions. The hidden joy of the game is telling other people about how ridiculous it is, really. There you go. It was, it's because a... I wasn't having that much fun when I was playing. And keep in mind, this wasn't a situation where I had a lot of choice, right? It's like, uh, it's like Steel Battalion on the 360. Um, it's, it's more fun to complain about than play. Like, it brings you a little bit of joy whining about it. Like Superman, yeah, exactly. Superman 64, think of all the joy that that's brought the world because we've been able to make fun of it and to be like, oh, it's so terrible and to remember how awful it is. Well, after you come to terms with how bad it is and you get like all the screaming and swearing out of your system, you do kind of, well, I mean, I found this true because I had rented the game when I was a wee lad and I was very disappointed for obvious reasons. And I was very angry for a few hours, and then I sort of came to terms with it. And I'm like, well, I have this game for like two more days, so I need to play it. I, I don't know why I need to play it, but I should. So I basically just flew around the city, diving in and out of the water, making dolphin sounds in real life, and pretending <laughs> I was a dolphin. And that's how I enjoyed Superman 64. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. Um, yeah, it yeah, was actually. funny. See, but that's that, I, I guess this is what I'm getting at. I, I genuinely think if you weighed out the amount of happiness that Superman 64 has brought to the world, I actually think it would outweigh the amount of sadness at this point. Not when it came out, because right. then everybody was very, very upset. But upon reflection, I think we've mined out more laughs and uh, and more more general pleasure uh, than than we have anger. You know, it's like Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, right now, right now we can all look not, back and laugh. Right now, it's not bringing too much joy, but ten years from now, you're going to be like, "Ho ho, I remember that." That's right. I mean, there's something to be said for games that are so bad, and not necessarily bad in a broken sense, just bad and bad, like Right to Hell. They just kind of become legends on how bad they are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Right to Hell is a a terrible game, and it almost certainly wasn't fun for Jay to play. 
But to listen to him talk about it, I mean, he's yes. he's more passionate about Ride to Hell than he is about civil rights <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's true. So there you go. So, you know, that's what you need. You need something that's so legendarily bad that brings joy to those around you. That's his hot button. There is a, a proper prison game coming out aside from Prison Architect. I haven't really looked too deep into it, but I think I'm following some guy on Twitter who is making a game that's more like it's not a management game or anything. I think you play as a single inmate. It's like a 2D sprite game. But I, I guess it's going to be sort of like you just work your way up in the prison to like be the the most feared guy there or something, and you try not to get shanked. And it's it looks interesting. Probably. But something. does it have a poo meter? Um, you might have to poop in the game, but I don't know. If you can, I hope you're able to do creative things with it. It's certainly better have a if it if it doesn't that's minus a star right there or at least yeah, let me level up my anal control skill right right <laughs> so that I can clench during a fight if I need to <laughs> you know it's a good thing that at least hard times had the decency you know, to show that so I'm I'm glad that this is the game that has opened 2014 for us <laughs> yeah. I really I really feel like we're just getting off on the right foot here. <laughs> So how what how will we talk about last year is that should we should we do that I suppose it's, we should it's the season yeah I don't know if you guys have looked at the site lately but uh, I hate that site so I don't look it, at it yeah I mean I tried I try not to check it very often but when I do sometimes I see something that surprises me like for the last three days that that is uh, now we're recording this on Tuesday night uh, but uh, as of Wednesday my list will will be there as well. Uh, so I've I've arranged it so that all three of our lists will be present uh, and we can kind of freely talk about that. And actually, I- I'm kind of glad in a way that some people aren't here because I can maybe speak a little more freely about some stuff and maybe we can talk about some things that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that are... Well, so, you're being oppressed by the black man. Is that what you're saying? What's going so, on here? He was kind of holding me down a bit. So Christmas rolled around. Uh, did you, I didn't even ask. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Was it nice? Yeah. I mean, we pretty much just had like a repeat of Thanksgiving dinner. and But, you know, that's fine as well. That's all Christmas is. It's just yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, too. Yeah. So Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, um, I, I picked up a, a couple games over the holiday. Uh, and, and some of them, most of them were games that I just missed out on. So I, I got Zelda on the 3DS, which I still haven't had a chance to uh, pop in. But I also picked up Black Flag, uh, which I know that uh, Jason has been kind of playing too. Yes, and um, I've been more than kind of playing it. And I figured that we, I figured that we could maybe take a minute and talk about it because we <clears throat> we covered it lightly on the podcast. But at the time, the only person who'd played it was uh, Jay, yeah. um, who, as we all know, uh, is really morally opposed to pirates. Yes, and so I feel like maybe this wasn't the game for him because. <laughs> I don't know about y- your feelings on it, but it is certainly a piratey, like like it's a lovely pirate game. Yeah, it's uh, it's the sort of game that makes people think maybe I should put out a pirate game, or or maybe I should be a pirate. Yes, or be a pirate in real life, like a Somalian. Uh, maybe I should kidnap somebody and take them out on a boat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been, I've been playing through that. I've been having a, a pretty good time with it. I do think uh, a lot of his criticisms are are valid. Um, I don't think that the game is any worse than than three, and I'll never understand why either of you would bother to defend it. 
uh, in comparison because I think they I think they both suffer from very similar problems, and I think between the two, four is easily the better game. But I just have to comment: what the fuck is up with the boat stealth? Oh yeah, um, that's some bullshit. See, I, I know I've, I know I've sunk more hours into it than you have, but you might have wanted to get through the story faster than me. So, as far as I know, I've only had to do like two boat stealth missions the first one being like the one right at the beginning of the game where it wants you to like sneak past a bunch of boats while you're chasing some galleon or something so there's there's two like that there's one where you follow a ship to a um a plantation and then right after yeah. it they, they throw you into another one where you follow a, a giant uh, man of war Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Through, through a storm but there and, was another one that i did then i guess it would make three uh you're like going through almost like a swamp it just it kind of kills me because the, the least fun missions in assassin's creed games in the past are always the missions where you tail someone like it's boring and and it's it's not exciting you you want to kill things you want to hurt people you don't want to just follow someone and listen to them talk and uh, Black Flag is definitely throwing a lot of that at me right now with the, the story missions. Well, it's, I mean, tailing in every game is like, it's kind of like the timed escort bullshit missions where it's just, it's bad in every game because it's a bad idea. And people who make games with that stuff should feel bad because well, nobody wants to follow somebody around, especially when, especially when like the level that they want you to follow people around in is never it never seems built for that particular thing. So unless you have like dancers around to hire while you're tailing somebody, which of course makes it like baby mode at that point, and you can just follow them as closely as you want. It doesn't matter. But there are some places where it's like, there's really no good way to follow them, especially those fucking annoying eavesdropping missions. Right, right. And you're fighting to stay in that circle. But at the same time, trying to stay in that circle, you you have to ignore everything around you. So it's hard to find any hiding spot. And that's even if there is one, which sometimes there just isn't. I guess my, my big point being is like, I know it's a staple of the series. I know it's something that's always been around. But I honestly can't believe that somebody was like, hey, you know that follow people mission we do all the time? Let's put you in a boat for it. Like, it's just, that's the last move. Well, not to mention it's just dumb. Like, who's not going to look back and realize there's an enormous ship following them? Well, yeah, yeah. You're the only person on the seas with a with a spyglass. I don't know if you know that. Tailing on, on, tailing on foot makes sense. But when you're, like, in a dark swamp and there's, like, only two boats, it's you and the guy you're following, you'd think that they would see you. But, uh... Despite that problem, I, other than that, I'm I'm definitely enjoying the game. It looks really nice on the PlayStation Four. Uh, it uh, it plays really smooth, and um, you know it's 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 been a lot of fun. I like that they finally fixed the absolutely downright insane crafting system <clears throat> that plagued three. Uh, I certainly well, won't I, miss that at all. <laughs> because I do what I do for a living, I. I had the system in three optimized where I could make the most revenue with the least amount of effort. <laughs> I mean, it involved, it involved a spreadsheet, so yeah, it's not. <laughs> but uh, I liked it. <laughs> well, then the, that's I, a fun way to play a game is with a, with Excel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem with three was just, I guess, the dense menu system, like the needless branching deep menus that you would had to go into just to craft things and trade things and then assassin's creed black flag you just as long as you're out on foot and not on your boat you can craft stuff with what whatever is with you 
And as long as you're in your boat or at a town, you can sell things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just instant. It's uh, It's been fun so far. I, I like it a lot. I, I think it deserves a spot on uh, on your list, Jason. I think that was a, a smart choice. What else did we see over the uh, last couple of days? I found it interesting that both of you are the ones. I, I feel like uh, I feel like the two of you and Michael probably have the most eclectic lists. Um, I think Jay and I picked pretty standard stuff, like just pretty normal normal fare. Um, but I find it funny that you two are the only ones who put gunpoint. Yeah, and. Uh, I, we we it came out so early in the year that we weren't doing podcasts at the time. I don't think to talk about it. Um, it was one of the it, actually it might have been the first review that ever went up on the site. Uh, it was definitely it was it was I think it was at least your first review. Yeah, uh, that went on because the very first thing that I put up was the last. Oh of yeah, us. yeah. But yeah, uh, I I another one where I totally think it belongs there. I I think Gunpoint was a. Uh, a lot of fun, and I, I think whenever you can look at a game and be like, you know, the only thing wrong with it is that it was so short. I think that's a that's an achievement right there. Yeah, uh, I was actually debating between Gunpoint and Tomb Raider. Well, at the end of the day, it came down to you know my only complaint about this game is that I want more of it, and yeah, that's you know pretty much what settled it for me. I mean, it's hard to find any real flaws with it. Like I sat there thinking about it when I was writing up like my little paragraph about how I felt about gunpoint. And I mean, I don't remember what I wrote about it, but I'm sure it, the only bad point I put was that there wasn't enough stuff. And exactly. also the fact that the map editor, which I tried to use was a little less than great. It was a, almost too free form. So like if you wanted to place objects down, you think it would be like in something sort of snappy, like, you know, you can snap tiles together, but it was like it just moved pixel by pixel so you could theoretically build this weird building that's like completely off kilter and weird looking and that scared me and also the fact that i don't think you can build like entire you know campaigns that go on for multiple levels and that's kind of what i wanted to do was i wanted to make like a a little story arc but you couldn't do that i don't know if you guys follow tom francis the creator at all it doesn't i don't think we're getting a gunpoint sequel anytime soon uh, but he's been posting like developer blogs for his next project. And if you go watch it, one of them that he just barely put up a few days ago is kind of a really simple tech demo. And it's a grappling hook game. So you <laughs> you basically click on a spot on the map and your character fires a grappling hook on it. And then you can kind of like reel yourself up on it. And he swings around and wraps around objects. And it looks it looks really just even from a very alpha state where you're just watching alpha is not even the right term like you're, you're just watching a cube grapple yeah. onto a, a building it looks it looks like he kind of captured that same thing where i feel like gunpoint is really fun to kind of dick around a little bit yeah like you want to be precise and you want to win the game but you also have a lot of chance to just kind of play uh, jumping around <laughs> and wiring stuff together and I, I think that this next game if if he finishes it is definitely looking like it kind of follows into a similar, just a really simple kind of pleasure receptor from just firing this grappling hook and swinging yourself around like an idiot. One of the best things about Gunpoint is going back and doing the old levels with the new toys. That oh, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. And that, that does help to combat um, the length a little bit. Uh, it, it still doesn't make it perfect, but it does a little bit to help. 
thought it was interesting that one of the last upgrades you get is something that just lets you kick doors down, which, <laughs> I mean, it kind of breaks <laughs> older levels, but I guess at that point you're just dicking around anyways, so. I, I think it was awesome just the way it felt because I actually like the story a lot for Gunpoint. And by the time I got there and, you know, you get to uh, to the final boss, you kind of really want him dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like just going and rampaging and kicking all the doors down on the way there was was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I'm totally with you. I thought uh I thought everything was delivered really well and you know, like I said it's short, but it's it's concise and it's paced really nicely. Um and uh for for what it is for 9.99, come on. Like that's that's perfect. That's just and, fine. Well, you know, gameplay aside, the all the dialogue and everything's pretty funny almost always. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. The the dude is a great writer, excellent sense of humor. and Especially the um, options you get to reply to people with. Especially, it's really impressive that it's a one-man show because when I think of a really talented programmer, sorry programmers, I don't usually think of like an ace sense of humor to go with it. So yeah. um, the fact that he was just so good across the board in, in every way is really nice. Yeah, it was, it was an impressive game, to be honest. I think it definitely belongs on the list. But but I I didn't mean to include you in that list, Jason. You are you are my very talented programmer with the sense of humor. It makes sense. I mean, and you know, it's not even like there's nothing massive being simulated. But he's clearly competent at what he does, and he's yeah. a jack of all trades. Uh, presuming he also did the art. Uh, I did want to ask. We didn't really cover it at all on the site, so I was surprised to see it show up on your list, Jason. Path of Exile. Yeah, never popped up. What's the what's the Scooby there? Tell me about it. I don't want to say I stole I don't want to say I stole my game of the year pick off someone else's list. But I But but you did. It sounds like I I saw I don't know whose game of the year it was. Some site, probably not even a big site, but I just saw somebody either nominate or just say flat out or no, I, I think I went on the Path of Exile site and I because I was, I'm always interested, so I'm looking at it occasionally, and I noticed that uh, they had gotten a Game of the Year award. I don't remember from who, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, and this is the problem, I keep forgetting games that deserve to be Game of the Year, and right. then I'll just like, it'll come to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm what the fuck am I thinking? Like, how can I forget these good games I've been playing?" And Path of Exile happened to be the one that I forgot, and yet also, for me, goes to the top of the list above everything else. So uh, it's it, it's basically, it feels like an actual Diablo 3, which, you know, probably makes Blizzard feel bad because they suck at making Diablo, apparently. Somebody else is better at making Diablo than they are, and they should be ashamed. Well... I don't have a defense for that. It doesn't right. matter. If you were to ask me, I would say it doesn't matter because... Um, none of those games are fun. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's about right. I, I dropped off of uh, of Blizzard with Warcraft 3 was the last game of theirs I played. So. Warcraft 3? And you're, you're on our site? Oh, God. Well, to be well, fair, Warcraft 3 was the last good Blizzard game that ever came out. Can we go with great? Because World of Warcraft is good. It's just... Uh, mm, I guess. On launch, I can't think of a game that was more fun. But And we kind of... We were talking about this in chat a little bit today, and uh, it, it got me thinking, and I, I think maybe Path of Exile could could fit into this category. There are a lot of games that I have, you know, really fond memories with that I really enjoyed, 
but I didn't really enjoy the game. I enjoyed the people that I was playing it with and playing it with those those people. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but uh, there's this old shitty mini game bundled with Alien Hominid called PDA Games, and that's not a good game. It's not it's not very fun or well made. It's just passable. But I had such a blast playing it with the group of friends that I did that I, I look at that game with really rose tinted glasses and, and think it's really fun. And I I wonder if maybe like World of Warcraft has that same thing where the reason I loved it so much when we started was because everyone was playing it. All my friends were there and I could go hang out with people. Whereas now, most of the people have dropped off. It's just a few people playing it. And so I don't think it would be warmly received, e- even even if the game was just as good, if not better, than it was before. Well, you, you got to understand, my experience with World of Warcraft was, I would just say it was fragmented because uh, I played the beta. And at the time, I was still so enamored with the fact that, you know, these are all these Warcraft units and buildings, you know, up close in 3D at a high detail, which, of course, we mm-hmm. scoff at now. <laughs> but uh, everything was just so new and amazing looking. I was having a blast with the beta. Uh, then I didn't really play the game when it launched. And what happened was <laughs> I lost my best friend for about a year and a half. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I didn't hear from him for over a year. He was playing World of Warcraft, and he just got completely lost in it. He was, like, raiding every night, whatever. I I felt like I had lost a friend to cocaine or something. You were, you were going to put out an Amber Alert. Yeah, I mean, he was just gone forever. And then when I started playing it next, it was after, like, Burning Crusade, and I was playing it. I don't know. It's 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 bad, and then it's, like... It's okay for a while, and then it goes back to, like, I don't care, so... I mean, you know, it's still got a decent base, but either way, long story short, um, I I just think that's an interesting thing to consider, and I I actually feel like you you have Payday 2 on there uh, as, as well, and I feel like that has the potential to fall into that same thing, where if you have friends to play that with, you would have a very good time, but... Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not trying to pick apart your list and be like your list is a bunch of bullshit, but <laughs> I think that I think the game is subjective uh, uh, based around who you're playing it with. Well, keep in uh, mind I didn't play I don't really play Path of Exile with anybody else. I usually play that alone. But uh, oh, really? And, okay, yeah. So I retract my so statement. Go fuck yourself. And and uh, <laughs> hey, hey, don't make this awkward for our two man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, Payday Two. Yeah, I mean, you have no choice but to play that with other people because you don't want to play by yourself and get stuck with three AI teammates. You want to have at least another human brain with you. Otherwise, the game's just not going to be fun because it's it's a mandatory co-op game. You can't solo anything in it. What was on your list? Uh, what, what else was on yours, Lucio? I'm forgetting. Uh, papers, please. Which was, uh, I understand that it's not already Cups of Steel. We have Nino Kuni. That's the game of the year and GTA Five. Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh, um, and Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I mean you're skipping ones that we'll obviously spend some more time on. I think uh, Bioshock yeah. and uh, I mean obviously we just talked about Gunpoint. You can't um, just gloss over yeah. papers, please, and pretend like this isn't a crime going down. It's <laughs> <laughs> a crime going down. <laughs> did, I, I love paper, please. Man. I know. Did you see my review for it? I did see your. He review. actually, he I actually. He even linked it. You're not kidding yeah. when you say you don't go to the site. He, he linked your review to Papers, Please. Oh. I think uh, 
Ah, uh, I don't know. I totally get what you're saying, and I don't. I don't think I would dispute it. I really didn't want this to turn into "fuck you." Your list is wrong, but l- <laughs> I don't think his down. list is wrong. Remember, in my review, what I said was the game is very competent. In fact, it's well made, and whoever did it has skill, and they should continue making games. My problem was that they made a game about something that's boring, and thus it can never not be boring. <laughs> I maybe it's where I'm from, or something, or the fact that I spend a lot of time on the other side of the checkpoint, mm-hmm. <laughs> coming in and out of the country, but um, it really you know, engaged me. I don't not necessarily say it's going to be fun because I don't think fun was the emotion. Right, right. I think what really did it for me is that kind of the consequences of whether I passed the level or not were kind of real to me. You know, it's like, you know, some some lady comes in like very early in the game and she tells you, look, I don't have the papers, but if I don't go there, they're going to kill me. And I'm like, well, I'm five bucks short from, you know, being able to afford gas. So sorry, lady. Yeah. Well, um, that's that's what I think is maybe interesting about the game is is uh, we saw a lot of games this year where storytelling got twisted and kind of done in a different way. Like Gone Home is a good example of that. And Papers, Please is another one where you kind of get like these life stories for people who are just passing through a checkpoint. And it's really interesting how well it paints those people sometimes and how much it makes you feel for them in a lot of cases um, the the fact that your sole interaction with these individuals is just at a at a security checkpoint like that that you would feel torn about whether or not to help them is is you know pretty impressive. Um, not to mention the game has Georgie, uh, who is <laughs> pro- <laughs> probably the Long best. Live Cobra Stan is <laughs> on a real country. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and one of the things that I liked about it is like. It is kind of a moral choice system, but it isn't. Because the game doesn't really go out and tell you, well, you should have let that lady through. You did the wrong thing. Yeah, you're never going to see these people again, for the most part. Some exactly. people I mean, some people do come back to the booth, but... And you do get sometimes like a little like snippet in the newspaper, like, you know, if you let... Um, I'm not sure if it's a spoiler or not, but it's very early in the game. There's an athlete that commits a crime from another country, and he winds up on your checkpoint. And you cut him through, or you can you know, shoot, get him arrested. Shoot him in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> you can have him shot, actually. Sorry, sorry, I mistook it for an exciting game. They, they they grab him and they take him to the you know big uh, gray building where they don't come out from. So I'm, I must uh, say, the only excitement that you'll find in that game is when you get the body scanner and you can look at old ladies' pixel boobs. <laughs> but um, so you know, <laughs> the game doesn't really let you know. Doesn't really tell you you know you, what you did is wrong, what you did is right. It just kind of lets you go on with it and. I like that just because there's so many heavy-handed uses of morality systems in games. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you go, uh, I can't think of anything on top of my head. Let's go with Infamous, which is the one that I can think of. You know, you kill somebody and you get a big red thing saying, oh, you're being evil, now you have evil points. And the game just kind of goes like, well, you know, you didn't let this lady through, she's going to die. You know, but on the other hand, your family has food and heat. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy to me. And it kind of illustrates, you know, why people sometimes do what, like, you read the news and you you think, why would this person do this? And that's kind of what engaged me about it. I mean, I, I could go on for, for days about moral systems in video games. And I think you're right. I think this is a great example of how to do it, where it's really gray and it's not just like, oh, you're good or you're evil. You know, there's there's kind of a balance to be had with it. And um, it reminds me of sort of the the Walking Dead or some of the other telltale uh, games probably Wolf Among Us can fit in here too, where yeah. you 
you're presented with all these choices and you're kind of fucked no matter what. Like there's not really going to be a, a choice that's going to be clean and, and really work out for everybody. Well, you know, the funny thing about Wolf, uh, uh, <laughs> Wolf Among Us is... Wolf um, Inside. Wolf Inside. <laughs> <laughs> Castle Wolf Inside. Wolf, wolf uh, in the House. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, you know, at the beginning of the game, I was... I, I'm probably just a bit of an asshole... I was answering things how I would answer them. And, uh, you know, characters were kind of just like saying, you know, dude, you don't have to be a dick. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I really felt sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, was, I guess I was trying to be tough because I perceived that he was supposed to be just like this tough guy. So I was like, well, maybe I should act kind of tough. But, you know, everyone's kind of like, you know, you don't have to be such a dick all the time. And <laughs> I kind of really took that to heart. And I actually changed my behavior quite a bit to where I was trying to be as nice as possible, except to people who, you know, were trying to fuck my shit basically. Yeah. I Force think my that, hand. Uh, I, I think that, like I said, I think those are all great examples of kind of fixing uh, a lot of what's broken in, in morality systems. Um, the Witcher, we, we, we haven't talked about that ever really here, but uh, the, the Witcher two in particular, it does another good job of like presenting you with these choices and, um, both both it and and the original game also do a really good job of letting you make the choice and then further down the line they usually come back with a cutscene of some kind to be like look at what a fucking idiot you are and show you show you what yeah. bad thing happened because you let a guy out of prison or something like that and if you played it more than once you realize that there is no good choice yeah yeah it's it's, it's the same thing it's a very eastern european way of looking at things yeah. <laughs> i think human revolution maybe did a little bit of that yeah, I think so. I think it was it was closer to uh, human revolution's problem, and, and we're straying here. But human revolution's problem really lies in its in its bullshit ending, in yeah. its nothing yeah. nothing actually mattered ending. Pick the one you want, kids. <laughs> we don't have time to program anything here. But other than that, it's pretty good. One game that did it really well that I um, and this is not a game of this year or even last year. It's uh, Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, where. Um, Especially the the Dwarven City Orsimar, where you know they actually the best thing for the um, for the people of the Orsimar is to put the bloodthirsty dictator in power because that's what's going to help the city flourish. And that mm-hmm. kind of thing, it's interesting. Where you well, know sometimes what you need to do in order to do a good thing is to be a horrible horrible person and do horrible things. So that's also very uh, the kind of nuance. It matters if the developer actually understands human issues and they're not like Peter Molyneux who just seems <laughs> he seems obsessed with this idea that good and evil is like this very outward like I'm going to save this puppy from being crushed in a windmill and and then there's like I'm going to fart on an old lady and it's all just like it's a moving like fable has the worst morality system ever it's like a sliding scale and that's all there is to it well, you get good points for killing monsters. So what I would do is I would go into towns, kill entire houses, buy them, and then go and kill a few monsters, and I would be a glorious yeah. paladin of justice with, like, you know, a halo on my head. God, you're and... a monster. <laughs> I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Having my cake and eating it, too. <laughs> In the business of killing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Let's let's talk about this last one on your list, because we didn't really hit upon this either. Um, Nino Kuni. So my story with Nino Kuni is interesting because I did not see it coming. It was released on January of last year, so it's, a, it's an old game. And when you know everybody was raving about it, I had no idea what it was. So I went into my Amazon wishlist and I put it there because I kind of use it as a catalog of things that I want to check out. 
so I won't forget. My birthday rolls around, and my sister goes like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, just whatever is on my Amazon wishlist. And she gets me the game. And I kind of put it away because they had other games to play. And I came back to it um, last month just because I wanted something that I could play with my kids for around. And, you know, things with a lot of blood done are inconductive to that. So I picked it up, and I actually really, really liked it. And I'm surprised because I haven't liked a JRPG like this in a long time. Um, yeah. There's been a, a few good JRPGs in the last few years, mostly like the Atlas stuff and then uh, Raiden Historia and The World With You. But it didn't have that feeling that they used to have in kind of like the last part of the SNES era and the PS1 era where they were really, really good. And this kind of has that feeling, that sense of scope and, and journey. And I mean, it's designed like an SNES RPG. Like, you know, you have the map and you have the towns and they have some... You know, some of the upgrades that came to the games along the years, you know, they have the visible enemies, so you don't have to deal with random encounters. Um, they have kind of like a Pokemon or Persona system where you can capture monsters and level them up and make them fight for you. But it does it all very well, and it's very well integrated. It doesn't just do it all at once. It's not like one of those, in, for example, an Atlas RPG where you will come in and it would just throw all these mechanics at you and it would be like, well, you have this and this and this. Good luck, figure it out. You're still unlocking mechanics about 20 hours into the game, and it kind of just keeps things fresh. Well, God, and, and you, you haven't even, it's true Japanese RPG, because you haven't even unlocked any mechanics by, like, the two-hour mark. Like, there's still no fights or anything like that, but it's it's kind of refreshing. Like, it's nice to sit back and just watch this nice story, and, like, the cutscenes are just so perfect, and... uh and yeah, another thing is, and I think this is kind of cheating for them, but you know, having the game with the story of a studio Ghibli and all the art by them kind of brings another layer, you know, because the story is just, it's sad and heartbreaking and wonderful just the way that only they can do it. I, I honestly think that if, if it had been anything less, this might not have been received as well as it was. Because if, if you look at level five, especially their JRPGs like White Knight Chronicles, they're they're kind of all over the place. Like they're, they're not really aces. And I don't know that Nino Kuni is really a, an amazing game. Like it's, it's a very well done JRPG, but it would have just kind of blended into the crowd. But because it had that, that, uh, studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever we want to call it. Um, be, because it had that touch, it really kind of did a lot to, um, make it stand out, I guess, to make it a little more unique and, and feel a lot fresher for a game. That's not at all fresh. It feels really fresh. <laughs> exactly. And the game is also, I won't say that it has great graphics, but it has great art direction. So it's very colorful. It's very nice. And man, if you played JRPGs in the past few generations, that's a welcome change. Because I'm uh, like, the world ends with you was just, um, you know, running around in concrete and, <laughs> and lights. And so was, uh, you know, all the Persona games are, kind of just urban environments. So just having something where, you know, you are in the desert and now you're in the mountains. And I don't know, it just it just feels very, um, like you said, very refreshing. I think it's a good choice. And I, th- I think it's a game that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about because it came out so early in the year. And uh, just because that genre isn't as popular as it used to be, um, I feel like it's kind of gotten left out in a lot of cases. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad to see it. It wouldn't have made my list... But but I'm happy that it made someone's. I guess there's there's a lot of games on here like that. 
it almost didn't make mine if I hadn't uh, <laughs> started playing it. But um, I mean, there's something to be said for a game where they don't really do anything new, but what they do, they do it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely the genre that has struggled the most to stay relevant or, or become you know more than it is. I think that's those are pretty much the big ones for your guys' list. Mine, um, mine's pretty much perfect. So I don't even know if there's anything. <laughs> I don't even know if there's anything uh, anything worth mentioning here. I, I did I did put Fire Emblem uh, on this, and I, I don't know if either of you had a chance to uh, dig into it at all. Um, no, I, I just had a chance to hear Jay talk about it, but those conversations are not appropriate for a family podcast. God, it's great, um, but yeah, there's there's a little too much baby creating, uh, you know, to to really gel with this uh, this fucking family friendly podcast that we're on. More eugenics, you mean? Yeah, it, <laughs> there's a, there's a Hitler vibe running through it <laughs> a little bit. I did toss the Stanley Parable on there. I, I thought it was a great game, but it's also one that's really hard to explain why it's great without you you know either ruining it or. Uh, I mean that's pretty much it. You, if you if you describe it, you kind of spoil it a little bit. But uh, you know, a lot of fun, uh, cool storytelling. I I liked e- even after I beat it, I went back like months later and was just reading about the game online. And there were like four endings that I never found that other people did find that just blow my mind. Like there's a without hopefully this doesn't ruin too much, but there's a part in the game where you are tasked with pressing a button over and over again in kind of a timed fashion for, I believe, four hours, <laughs> something like that. And and nobody does it, right? Because nobody wants to do it. But if, as you can find online, if you do push the button for those four hours, um, there is a whole ending that's programmed into it that you'll get that only like three people have probably seen. Because no one can be bothered to do that, and that's cool. I like that dedication. I don't know you. You played it too, right, Jason? Yeah. Did you get the um, Did you get the achievement where you go knock on the door? I don't did remember. You even, even look at the achievement list. There, there's an achievement where it says go, uh, like touch this door, and so you go to the door and you touch it, and the narrator's like, "That's too easy to be an achievement." And he's like, "Run over here and do this now." And he basically has you run around the office for like five minutes before he gives you the achievement. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't really track down any of the achievements or chivos, as the the kids these days are calling them. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> back and go back and look at some of the extra endings because some of them are really clever, and you might be surprised what you missed in that game. I mean, I would consider an ending to be anything that forced me to restart the game, and I so I got quite a few of them. Uh, you know, one of them you can get uh like in probably like 15 seconds and that's mm-hmm. that's by just closing your office door and not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> which i guess a lot of people don't think to do but that was one of my first endings i got cuz what you I do is you just close the door and then all of a sudden the narrator's talking about like how you're freaking out you're too scared to leave you're not sure what to do and then you just like collapse or something <laughs> I think there's uh I think there's another separate one too if you just stand there and don't do anything. I, I think if you just wait there for like ten minutes, uh there's another ending. It's uh it's pretty interesting. Uh, everything else on my list is pretty standard. I mean Bioshock, uh Last of Us. Um I did put Rayman Legends on there. I know that neither of you probably got a chance to play it, but it's really good. 
and I I wrote my unpopular opinion in there. It's it's better than Mario 3D World. Like I'm <laughs> sorry, it is. Well, maybe Mario 3D World should have had music levels. Yeah, that's true. It would have gone a long way. Maybe Mario 3D World. I haven't put the review up for this yet. I've been sitting on it forever. But maybe what Mario 3D World should do is come up with more than two boss fights. That would be a really cool thing. There's, Mario has always kind of sucked the boss fights. Though. Oh, man. This is this one's really bad. Like, they're all the same. Um, just phoning it in. And, like, why even have them? The game wouldn't really be any less rich without them. Uh, so are I don't. We, are we still chasing down and punching red bumps on things' butts? Not really. Uh, most are we, of them. Are we, are we jumping on the Koopaling's heads? Yep. Yep. It's the. There we go. <laughs> I, I can't. Th- I can't think of their names, but it's the kids from uh, yeah. from Super Mario World, Koopa and kids. you uh, you you jump on their heads, and uh, so so like there's one who's a, a lady. You can tell because she has a bow, and she <laughs> and she throws her ninja star at you, and you jump on her head, and uh, then in the in the next time you see her, she throws her ninja star at you, and you jump on her head. Except this time, after you jump on her head, she splits into like four different Wendy's. Wendy, whatever. Yeah. And, then, and then you jump on that one's head. It's just, it's the same shit. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Mario has always done that. I mean, I can't think of any Mario game where I can say that they had a, a wealth of boss fights. It's always either been the Koopalings or, you know, you hit the, uh, the axe. Or in Mario 64, you kind of just grab Bowser and, and toss him around a bit. Actually, I think Galaxy had different ones. Yeah, I actually think Galaxy would be the one I would cite as having some of the better uh, boss fights in the series. I remember that there's one that like chases you around a tree, and um, it's been a while, so there's there's a bunch more that probably just aren't springing to memory. But um, I don't know. It just that there are, there are pieces of this game that feel really phoned in, and they're not congruent either like sometimes those bosses appear and repeat themselves but there are other bosses in the game that you see and then never see again who just disappear and uh it's a little disappointing the levels are well designed it's nicely put together uh but for my money i think rayman's the better game i think it has way better multiplayer um i think it's just better all around so sorry guys sorry so so you're really looking what's that address where they can send you a head milligan (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're we're working. We'll get a we'll get a PO box so they can send us, you know, all kinds of nasty notes drawn in blood and whatnot. <laughs> so the plan is we're going to list all these games out, and then we're going to try and kind of round it up to a more even number by letting the community do a choice. Like the, there are some games that I know aren't on anybody's list that I think people are going to want to see added, and then we're going to just dump them into a, a little tournament bracket and let them battle it out to see who you know, gets our game of the year award. My question to you guys is knowing that that's the process that we're going to follow. Who do you see winning game of the year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess two questions. One, who do you want to win? I guess obviously it would be your number one choice, but uh, who do you, who do you want to win? And then who do you, who do you actually see winning? Well, I mean, I, I know Nino Kuni is not going to win. So. <laughs> what, what do you mean? People love Nino Kuni. <laughs> that's why it's only my game of the year. Nobody else's. Because I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I know you guys aren't looking at the bracket right now, but just uh, just based off what you've seen so far, what what are your thoughts? I mean, it's a tough call, but it's not a tough call because, um, I mean, when we put games into the into our game of the year list, we're just picking based on, or at least I hope we're picking based on just like quality. 
Like this is the best quality game, whatever that I played this year. Yeah. Um, but when, it's, when, it's when yeah, but when the games go through and they, you know, they're going to go through these tournament brackets, it's going to be, you know, what was the most, I guess, mainstream popular game. So uh, in that way, I already know that I already know that a great deal of them simply can't win game of the year. So we can scratch those off immediately. And right. I think that just means that like, it's either going to be like Bioshock infinite or, that's interesting that you say that though, because e- even then, when you, I, I don't even know if any of us agree on what the most likely winner is, because I think it's, I think it's totally cut and dry. It's it's got to be Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, I and I don't think it should be. I hope that our I hope that our listeners and our our voters do better than that. Um, <laughs> sorry, Lucio, I know you put that on your list, but. But I think that I think you're right. I think it's going to get distilled down, and you know, gunpoint ain't going to last more than two rounds at best. Yeah, I mean, GTA Five could have been a game of the year if the online wasn't so horrible. Yeah, but a lot of people can can look past it, and I mean, it's the best selling video game ever. Like, if you want to talk about uh, public voting, how better to consider voting than with your money? I mean, honestly, honestly, I would. I would agree more with Grand Theft Auto than I would with like Bioshock Infinite, just well, because Infinite did have some fundamental gameplay problems. Even though I is it is in my list. Yeah, I think that I think though that Infinite could be a good, a good compromise. And if you look at all of our lists, Infinite is probably the one that, that appears the most. And I don't know if that's because we all played it. We all played Grand Theft Auto except for poor Jason. Um, <laughs> uh, but it it doesn't appear the most, so I don't. I don't actually know. I'm I'm really curious to see what happens. I, I think it will be. I think you're right. It's going to be a top tier game. It's not going to be Nino Kuni. It's I, I'm not holding out hope that it's going to be Rayman Legends. Um, I'll just use some reverse psychology on our dear listeners, and I'll say, you know what? I already know all you guys are going to do is you're just going to vote for whatever the most mainstream popular game was this year. So go ahead and do that. But really, <laughs> so, you should be voting for like Gunpoint or something. I'm going to go ahead and just guess. And I'm gonna say GTA Five. Um, I'm I'm really pulling for for Gunpoint now a little bit though. Like the more I think about it, I want to be that website that has this daring indie game choice in in the face of uh, everything else. Let Let's be that site. Let's create controversy. And it's not even because we want to be different, but like maybe an indie game sometimes deserves. Maybe it's sometimes it's better than whatever the AAA offering was. No, no, that can't I, happen. How many A's are there in the word indie? None. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. But um, I don't think it's going to be Bioshock Infinite just because there's been a, a huge backlash against it in the past few months. Boy, hasn't there? People really hate well, Bioshock. Well, you know what? I dare to almost credit some of the YouTube videos that have actually masterfully deconstructed just how stupid the plot is. <laughs> I, I actually think that's the game's biggest problem is that it it doesn't hold up to like heavy, heavy, heavy scrutiny and uh and once or, you deconstruct or it, or it, it does. and once that's you the, deconstruct it like that it's really just like a dumb shooter because that's you, the whole thing is people love they love the whole i guess they love the whole complex like going through different dimensions storyline but then once you pull that apart I, you just have a dumb shooter the the thing yeah, is is that you can do that to any story or any game like we could pick apart uh the Assassin's Creed series and completely I mean it's already ridiculous so to yeah. to take it and analyze it would be even more so but it has um, a lot of game, fair, good gameplay to fall back on to be fair um it wasn't really that that got to me <clears throat> like to me Bioshock 
Infinite was all about how like horrible Booker the Wheel and Columbia were. Like that was my my thing because I mean I, I've if you haven't noticed yet I'm a huge nerd so I read a lot of science fiction so just doing many worlds for me is not right. interesting. Uh, you not know, the, yeah, you know they they throw uh, you know political I mean historical fiction at you but I've I've read a lot better historical fiction. They throw a bunch of you know meta commentary on video games and which is cute but you know it's all eh, right. But what really got to me was that was just you know look at this guy who ruins everything and he's kind of a pest and no matter what he does, everything around him just turns to shit. And his relationship to Elizabeth and that's kind of what I said you know I I am still interested in playing Braille but see by at sea part two even though the first part wasn't really up to snuff. Yeah, I read enough or I suppose I, I watched enough videos just kind of pointing things out because I was just interested. Uh, because I always was under the impression that just everybody was fawning over the game and like basically feeling like it was completely invulnerable to any criticism. But after I was looking at all these videos that are ripping it apart, I was like, wow, there actually seems to be quite a few people who agree with this, and maybe the game's not as untouchable as I thought it was. Like, And, you know, you see certain things like people coming up with ideas that would have been vastly superior to what they did, even for small things, like like I guess at one point you have to choose whether you throw a ball or something at two people. And <laughs> two, it's, yes, two people. Yes, I don't know. But like you, you can press one of these buttons, press this button to throw the ball, press this button to not throw the ball. And somebody else came up with this idea. They're like, well, why do you do that in a dialogue choice in a game that's like a first-person shooter? Why not use this as an opportunity to teach them that, you know, this is a game where you're going to be aiming and shooting and just let them decide what, where they want to throw the ball and what they want to do with it. it. seems to take away a lot of choice and a lot of your involvement if you're just pressing a button to choose and then ha- letting the character carry out the action themselves. And they likened it to Half-Life 2 where the that dickhead cop like knocks the can on the ground and tells you to pick it up and put it in the trash. You don't press a button and then Gordon just picks it up in like a cutscene and puts it in the trash. You have the freedom to pick up the can and you can either, you know, smash it into his penis or throw it up into the air at the ceiling. But you kind of just, I don't know, you have that choice and it makes you feel more involved in it. And apparently they made a lot of those decisions where they could have given you a lot more freedom and it would have sucked you into the game, you know, that much more. But I guess they just, just thought that dialogue options would be superior. Well, and that's actually goes to the meta commentary on video games I was talking about. That that moment that you're uh, sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt. That that moment that you're referring to is a cop out anyway, because no matter which choice you pick, the same thing happens. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That goes to it's the meta commentary in video games where there is the illusion of choice, which is kind of artsy and interesting, but uh, I don't think it really worked as well as they expected. And there's it's not the only choice where you you have this meaningless binary choice that you is you know are you going to pick up the locket that has the bird or the cage that kind of thing well and we've we've had this conversation on the podcast before so i'll I'll still steer clear a little bit but i i still stand by it it doesn't feel like commentary on game design to me it just feels like an incomplete game when when they have all these choices that have no weight to them um it it feels to me like they finished the game and they're like fuck we didn't do anything with the choices and they're like wait it's it's commentary <laughs> on how you have no choice in real life or something. It's like, it's like when you make a really racist comment and then you're like, it's satire. 
You, well, you saved it, but I can still I, see. I would agree with you, but it's not the first time Levin does that. You know, would you kindly and all that. So he's bad at finishing his games. <laughs> well, well if, that's it. if the boss in Bioshock is any indication, yes, he's very bad at finishing his games. <laughs> so there you go. So fair enough, go. fair enough. So Ken's never going to talk to us anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what this podcast is for, is to make enemies. <laughs> it's like how Michael's making enemies already. Well, I mean, <laughs> even getting um, Helena from Kelvin would be a pretty good step because then we could frame it and we know we made it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to make it after all. <laughs> God, my heart my heart would melt if he said fuck you to me on Twitter. <laughs> Boy. He might say that faster if you ask him, like, how many brain cells do you think you've lost since you made System Shock 2? <laughs> well, but the idea is to get Helena for the Enemy Slime podcast, right? Or yeah. I could just go and, like, harass uh, Ken Levine right now and I'm sure I will get something <laughs> back but <laughs> is it really what we want? <laughs> well, I don't know that it's productive but uh, <laughs> it'd be pretty great if you posted like Enemy Slime is the worst site on the internet and I hate them <laughs> I mean, so, so much. It's in the name we are the enemy. Yeah, but that's true. We're not true. sure of who but we're, we're finding them. That's true. We're definitely we're, we're the worst, guys. I mean geez. We're just <laughs> we're just terrible. I should take that we'll back. I don't. Tag. I don't. I didn't mean that Ken has gotten stupider since his System Shock days. I just mean I don't know what I meant. <laughs> I, I know. I know what you mean. I know where you're going. You're saying that his games are much, well, much I, simpler yeah. and less less in depth, and that he's uh, dumbed himself down for you. Right. Um, you you know that he's a genius, but he's pretending to be Forrest Gump. And right. but you right. know what, man? Forrest Gump wins the Academy Award. You don't see. Uh, you don't see the real thinking man's movies <clears throat> he, like he used like to be Biodome. an engineer. Yeah, he used to be an engineer, and now he's working at McDonald's for some reason, out of yeah. his own free will. I get, I get what you mean. But he's working at McDonald's corporate because he's making a ton of money. I was yeah. going to say he's he's getting a lot of money from McDonald's, so I'm not sure not sure how well. This he, he's not one of the guys at the grill. He's one of the guys in an office telling the people at the grill. He doesn't have to do. wear a paper hat anymore. There you go. He he was an artist, and now he is a businessman. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay. I still think it's a great game, despite all of its issues. I think that people are really overly critical of it um, because I feel like a lot of people are looking for something that just simply isn't there. You know, they're looking for social commentary and they see all this racism in the game. They're like, well, it's got to, you know, deliver a better message about that racism. And no, it doesn't. It's just how it's just how the world in that game is put together. To, to comment on that, uh, I think that. While the thing about the well, the criticisms about the um, mechanics and everything else are justified, the one that really kind of bothers me is the criticism about the violence. Oh, I don't even understand that. I, because I, they, they just say, well, you know, Bioshock, uh, you know, it's such a beautiful world and I wish I could explore it more. And then just, what do you mean it's a beautiful world? It's not beautiful at all. It's an ugly, racist, classist world where, you know, a few people live in kind of like this fantasy world that's built on the backs of everybody else uh booker is a pinkerton which uh i don't know if you are up to your early 20th century history as much as i am but if you were a pinkerton and you got kicked out that means that you were probably breaking people's heads so you know you the violence is is necessary at least i think for the narrative and i don't understand the criticism of people going like oh it's so violent why is it so violent well clearly they've never played Whatever that game is where you poop your pants while you're fighting people. That's another, well, they don't know about the hard times, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I like, just don't know. I like it because when you describe that game, you just sound like an old man. You're like, I don't know about hard times. <laughs> you ain't <laughs> seen hard, hard times, times, kid. <laughs> yeah, you ain't, you ain't never seen hard times. Here, come look at my iPad. I'll show you. <laughs> Considering how long how long it was on the list of uh, of games, uh, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people have seen Hard Times. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Enemy Slime sponsored <laughs> Hard Times recommendation. Uh, let's let's get Ken Levine against us, and let's get the makers of Hard Times on our side. <laughs> I think that seems like the best way to distribute those eggs into those respective baskets. Well. Uh... Uh, what's his face? Dave Goldfarb likes us so far, so we've got his clout behind us. Uh, I hate that guy too. Fuck! <laughs> I don't hate you, David. Goldfarb is that a Jewish name? I I love you, Goldfarb. I caress your beard at night. <laughs> Please talk to us. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope his game gets game of the year. I'm pulling for him. I I really I really uh, I'm gonna try my hardest not to influence the votes, but. Uh, I'd I'd like to. I think the ship has sailed, my friend. I'd just like it to not be Grand Theft Auto Five. Just make it whatever else. Surprise us, you know. Don't don't disappoint us with what we expect. Yeah, don't do what I expect. Do the opposite of that. Yeah, we better not Call of Duty Ghost. Though. We surprise you guys every single week with horrible podcasts. The least you can do is surprise us with a horrible game of the year pick. I think that is actually um, a high risk is because we're going to open it up to to community entries, I I think there's a strong chance that, like, Call of Duty Ghosts is going to roll in (laughs) to sweep the whole thing. I'm voting for Riley. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. I don't know. Do any of your games have a dog? I don't think so, sir. It's so bad. I don't know if we've had a podcast since I beat it, but it is just awful. (laughs) (laughs) but, But it's really funny. Like, it brought me a lot of joy. In a ridiculous way. So I like hard times. Yeah, I like hard times. There's not enough pooping in Call of Duty. You'd think there would be more not pooping because the not dog. Not even with the dog? Well, yeah, exactly. It's so ripe for it with that word duty. Um, but call of duty. <laughs> call of duties. Should, should, we, should we call it? Lucio's been waiting for his dinner for... I've <laughs> <laughs> been starving. It's 11 o'clock here. I don't even think you, I don't even think you can have dinner anymore at this point. I don't I don't think anybody would serve it to you. Well, the, the food is there. Oh, well that's even worse. It's getting cold. All then, right, well, then so is this podcast. Hey, so <laughs> let me just take a moment then and say, you know, thank you guys for returning to us in uh the year of our Lord 2014. Uh regardless <laughs> of what happens with our guest list, we're gonna we're gonna keep it fresh. We're gonna keep it spicy. You're gonna you're gonna really like listening to us. We we've got a lot to say about a lot of things and we're gonna do a good job this year. A plus. If you aren't already, you should follow us on Twitter. It's uh the enemy slime. It's the same name on Facebook. You could you could like us there. That'd be super cool. And uh you know, go go visit our website. Go participate in Game of the Year. And we I haven't revealed too many details about this, but if you if you go and play along, there's there's a chance that you could you know maybe maybe win a free game or two. So uh, I think you should definitely stay tuned to the site, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. You hear that, gentlemen? A free game, maybe. A whole one, maybe. I'm being very uh, 
being very dodgy on yeah. the whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna see. Maybe we'll give you an expansion for a game you don't own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're, <laughs> hey guys, I got a bunch no, no, of copies we'll, of Frozen Throne here. <laughs> we're going to do is we're going to tell you how to download Hard Times. Oh my God! <laughs> we'll give you a twelve-step program to download Hard Times. <laughs> Okay. Well, then we're out, gentlemen. We're done. All right. All right. Thank you. Happy New Year.